welcome to Candid Conversations. Colleen, Amy Michelle, and this guy is Dr. Taylor. I know yes. some of you probably can't recognize him because he's not in coveralls, tech yeah. gear, all Don't the Don't have a light stuff. on my head. Right, yeah, but it is him, I promise you. Yes. So we have spent weeks, <laughs> probably. We, we have a large farm here, we have multiple horses, and we did our fall teeth, our stragglers, because we had some new horses move in, and now we're to spring, we've got our spring teeth. But what we've decided to do is actually break this into segments because there's so much great information from it. Normally we'll just do a full conversation and break that into shorter segments for Facebook, but because there's so much great information oh, with yeah. you um, and you were kind enough to let us pick your Always brain. Always trying to ask questions. And I you know. just patiently answer the question. And I, it's I awesome. tell people if I have an answer, I'll give it to you, and if not, I'll make one up. Well, so, they're yeah. good. They're, yeah, really, they're good. really good. We don't know if we're telling the truth or not, but you're a wealth of information, yes. so we just appreciate you letting us, you know, yeah. hijack the appointment mm -hmm. and ask the questions and share with the people. And um, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people, at least in our area, use you for for their horses. And um, and I know we're, we're pretty excited to have you here at our Absolutely. farm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's always a pleasure. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Um, so if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel yet, please do that now, whether you're watching on Instagram, listening to our podcast on Facebook. Um, go to the YouTube channel. We'll put the link here for you. Um, remind me your website again. Uh, it's www.taylormadeteeth.com. TaylorMadeTeeth.com to get more info on Dr. Brian Taylor. And I warn you, the pictures on that website are very old. So oh, they had more hair. Oh, my okay. kids are about a quarter of the size they more are. More hair. Now. I'm so checking so. that out. We'll put the link to that too. Not much more, but a little bit more. Okay. Mark had more hair till we got married. I went, <laughs> it right off. What are you going to do? Um, so I have a question. Um, and I made some notes as I started editing this the other day. So when you start that appointment, right? You're checking the horse before you even give the injection to sedate or to kind of knock them out a little bit. What are you checking for and under what conditions would you say, yeah, we can't proceed? Well, overall, you want to make sure that the horse is healthy enough sure. uh, to, to not only uh, for the sedation that you're using for the procedure, but to actually just for the stress of the procedure. Uh, most of the horses that I'm working on um, are a little anxious about it, uh, some more so than others, but it's not a normal thing for them. and. And so they, they can be, it's a little stressful, you know, uh, for them, uh, between mildly and, and be major stressful for some of them, sure. uh, which the sedation helps with, but I also I want to make sure that they're going to be healthy enough for, uh, to, to use the speculum, to get a good exam done, uh, and uh, to, to use the sedation in a safe manner. So usually from the point that I'm pulling up and, and looking at a new, new horse or even a horse that I've looked at before, you're evaluating their overall body condition, the way they're standing, uh, the way they're breathing mm -hmm. and acting. Um, I've had some horses that I pulled up on the farm before that, before I even got to work on, and you look at them and say that horse is colicking, you know, or something. Wow. You, you wow. just pick up on their body language and that type of thing, and you're picking up on things ahead of time. They're like, you know, dentistry can wait. We're going to take care of these other things. Sure. First. Uh, it's more common for me to have some horses that, that may be having some uh, respiratory issues, some inflammatory airway disease. Uh, that would be one thing that we would probably hold off on. If, if they're really pumping hard to try to breathe and they're having a hard time, you don't want to stress them out. And you don't want to give them a sedative in those situations that it's going to slow down the respiratory rate even more when they're already trying to work hard to, to breathe. So I've had some of those horses that we've kind of just held off. Um, 
gotten them the, the appropriate therapy, or even just picked a different time of the year. Some horses that those types of things can be very seasonal. Mm -hmm. So we know if they're bad in the springtime, it may be better to do dentistry in the fall on a horse yeah. like that if they've got better times. You know, that kind of thing. Sure. Um, I've picked up on uh, just listening to heart, lungs, and, and all. It's not a thorough, you know, big in-depth exam, mm -hmm. uh, but you want to make sure they've got a normal rhythm, um, that we're not dealing with any substantial uh, murmurs or something that, that would uh, ultimately be a concern if you, for the sedative or stressing the horse out, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and just make sure the horse is in good condition before you get started. Gotcha. Because you are a, a trained, certified vet. Uh, yes, I'm a licensed vet. Specializes. Uh, I did six years of general large animal practice, the majority of which was equine. But we did we did cows and pigs and llamas and everything okay. else too. But uh, the dentistry, the interest in dentistry really started in vet school, um, particularly the equine dentistry. I had done small animal dentistry just as a tech and a helper prior to getting into vet school, but had never really done much in the way of equine dentistry until vet school. And, uh, getting started into that, it was just such a different approach and feel, uh, procedural, you know, wise than the small animal dentistry. It just kind of sparked an interest and, and uh, went from it from there. Did you also do? I know you talked about. Um, I know cows only have their bottom teeth, but pigs and other sheep and mm -hmm. llamas and all that. Did you work on their teeth too? We did. Uh, the horses in particular got more regular dental care than I would say the other animals did. Um, in particular because they're one of the few horses you're going to have a bit in the mouth and, and certainly dental issues can be can be an issue, a problem for riding and that type of thing. We did do some occasional cattle dentistry. Usually it fell into a circumstance where you had a, an infected tooth or something that was affecting the health of the cow. Um, we rarely, uh, well, we never, <laughs> we never got called out to do a routine dental exam on right. a cow or anything. Right. Um, the uh, other species... You're laughing because we used to own cows and that's something. Right. I mean, well, can you do our cow? Right, right. <laughs> I get this question a lot. Um, they, uh, it, it would be one of those things, and I get the question a lot, you know, would they, do they need floating and that type of thing? And the answer is they would probably be more comfortable with some floating, but trying to float a cow is going to be a little bit of a problem. Please <laughs> let me film it if you ever do. Yeah, right. And if you uh, do, it'll probably be here. The, uh, <laughs> the other species, though, we had some other species that did require some occasional dental care, uh, in particular the long they have canines or specialized teeth that are the fighting teeth on the males and they get long almost kind of tusk-like oh, wow. uh, so we would do some trimming on those from time to time and uh, and then of course uh, the pigs you know can get can get tusks basically development oh, and wow. and we would especially on the pet pigs and pot belly pigs right. we would from time to time have to go in there and kind of trim and work on those teeth too so that they didn't get too long huh interesting yeah I was just curious when you had said you were yeah, the dentistry work. I was like, well, there's, there's stuff beyond mm -hmm. horses. So I've got a colleague. At, I got a colleague in Georgia that um, has become one of the uh, kind of leading guys on rhinoceros dentistry. So, and uh, I've watched. Are him there a lot some, of rhinos in Georgia? There is actually a rhino sanctuary somewhere in Georgia okay. um, <laughs> that they've got a kind of a, an area where where they live and stuff. And um, I've listened to him give a couple of talks on, on rhinoceros dentistry and. What I've taken away from it is a, it's fascinating, and b, I don't ever want to do it. <laughs> well, I couldn't imagine, like, well, they'd have to sedate them and everything else you have to do. But wow, it, it's it's yeah. uh, a lot more uh, labor intensive. I would think so. Yeah, horses. Sure. Oh my gosh. Well, I would assume like the typical stuff that you see is the hooks and the waves. What's what's a typical horse 
for, for you on an exam? Well, the uh, and I'm going to go over a little bit of terminology sure. here because there's a lot of people use some of those terms interchangeably, okay. and, and, and rightfully so. I understand sure. a lot of times uh, when you talk about things, you're describing what you're seeing, but technically it's not the right term for okay. that. The most common thing that we see on horses, the thing that we do year to year for maintenance, mm -hmm. is basically addressing sharp points okay. uh, in there. And those are sharp enamel points that form typically on the outside of the upper teeth and along the inside uh, rim of the lower teeth. Uh, now you can have you can have them form anywhere in the horse's mouth, but those are the typical presentation where you'll see that, and that's the type of thing that uh, if you get in there and do floating, which mm -hmm. is just a, a term for removal of those sharp points, we usually use some type of grinding device. Mm -hmm. um, previously, and some people still use a lot of you know, hand floats. Can mm -hmm. be it can be done with hand floats, which are basically specialized files. Mm -hmm. uh, I use motorized floats, which use a diamond uh, bit uh, grit, or, you know, abrasive surface for the floating for what I do. Uh, but there's there's several different mechanisms to do it. But essentially, what you're wanting to do is remove those sharp enamel points to try to help with the comfort of the horse. Okay. Um, in some cases, if those enamel points get sharp enough, they can cause lacerations and abrasions on the cheeks and on the tongue. Mm -hmm. um, on horses that are done regularly, I usually don't see them too much. Uh, or if you see them, they're usually mild. Uh, horses that I see really bad ones on um, are usually ones that have not been done on a regular basis. They may have they may have been five, six years since they've been done. Now, during that time, um, I think there's a little misconception that these points will get worse and worse and worse during that period. That's not really the case. They usually get sharp to a point, but they will get no, sharp no. to an extent. <laughs> Bye-bye. Yeah. Um, but then they don't they don't get longer or sharper beyond that point. Okay. Uh, now, some of these horses, uh, depending on on the shape of their teeth, their age, the way their jaws put together, they will have more severe, sharper points than other horses. I've had some that just year to year have very mild points, and quite honestly, if you skipped a few years on them and you came back, they probably still have just very mild points. Um, so others are much more critical to try to keep them on on a very regular basis. I've got some that we have to do every six months because they just can't. Go a year. Is it the way, like their conformation in their mouth, and the way they kind of grind? Yes, all all, all of that plays into okay. it. Um, it really the probably the one of the bigger factors is the shape of the tooth itself, a cross shape, sectional okay. uh, sectional shape on it. Um, and all these horses have got ridges, lateral ridges on the outside of their upper teeth that kind of go out and in. And everywhere there's a, a point where that tooth goes out and then comes back in is a place where a point, a sharp enamel point, will form. Most of their cheek teeth or chewing teeth will have two spots where you'll see a point form on there, and then they'll have a valley where it comes in on the rest of them. Yeah. Now, if they have very pronounced ridges, they are very likely to have very pronounced sharp points, too. And those potentially could be more of a, an impact on a horse that has those really pronounced ridges than ones that have a little smoother contour to the sides of their teeth. But the way their jaw is put together, um, the angulation of the, of the coastal surface in there, all of those things can play into how quickly and how to what extent those points will form. Cool.